welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. All right, well, good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Josh. This is Engaged Church, if you didn't know. It's not the restaurant. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it's good to have all you guys here this morning. It's just a blessing to be here and and worship God. This is a a great season, not just because it's Christmas and it's all about gifts and things like that, but it's just a great reminder um, that we have such a gift in Jesus and, and it's, uh, I just love this season. It's, it's awesome to me. I love the story of Christmas. I love reading about it. I love talking about it. It's just an awesome time. So yeah, we've been in a conversation. Um, you know, this time of year is really a joyous time of year. Right, I mean, like that's what that's what we're all kind of told it's supposed to be is this joyous, exciting time of year. But if we really look at our lives, if we really look at the things around us, oftentimes this time of year can just be a nightmare. It can remind us that we're a year older, you know, and a little deeper in debt, kind of a thing. It can remind us that we just haven't really measured up to where we thought we'd be at this point in our lives. It, it might be, you know, we see everybody kind of uh, uh, involved with their families and connecting with people, and we just kind of realize, like, that's not really our life right now. Or maybe we're a student up here, and this is like one of the first years that we're away from our family for a holiday. Um, maybe some of us have just been diagnosed with. Some some kind of illness, and we're trying to figure that out. Um, it, it, it just can be a nightmare. I know, Merry Christmas, right? Everybody just loves to hear that. Welcome to church. We're going to encourage you this morning. But that's the reality, is that this can just be a, a nightmare. And we've been talking the last couple of weeks uh, about a number of things, but today I want to talk about the nightmare that, that sometimes what God is asking us to do or to believe can be a nightmare. I just said it. Sometimes what God is asking us to do or believe can be a nightmare. It can feel like such a struggle. It can feel like uh, uh, just a, a hardship. It, it brings about fear in our lives because we're so uncertain of where that is going or, or what that might mean from us. And I really want to take a look at that today. We're going to uh, look at a, a young girl in the Bible, and um, it's going to be really exciting. Have any of you ever, I'm sure I'm the only one that does this because you guys are all good people and I just kind of like have corks, but, but you know, have you ever been at, like had that one person that you, you talk to, they're, they're, you know, you're close to them, maybe you work with them or, or maybe you just kind of have to be around them, don't look at your spouse or anything like that, but when they call on the phone, you're kind of like, you're trying to kind of dodge them, you know, maybe you're out in the grocery store and you see them and you're like ducking behind the Captain Crunch because, you know, they're, they're there, you don't want to see them. I'm sure you guys don't deal with that. But that's some things that happen in my life where, you know, there's just, sometimes there's, there's people out there, right, that you're just, you're trying to avoid. And I just want to start us off with this thought that I would say is that I really think that that's a, how a lot of us uh, treat God. I, I think that, uh, you know, that we just get in this spot. Now, don't feel shame in this, but this is a reality is that I think we, we stay close enough to God to be able to take the good promises that he has. 
You know, like, like the promise of heaven and that we can be forgiven from our sin. We, we keep them that close, but we keep them at a distance because we really just don't want to surrender every area of our life. We don't want to give our lives to the Lord. We don't want to be completely sold out. We're a little bit fearful of that. This is where I see a lot of us um, fearing to move forward and closer to God. It's not that God is resisting us. It's that we're just kind of holding off, whether that was a hurt in our life, an experience that we've had. Maybe he just hasn't shown up the way that we thought he might. There's many reasons that we do this, but some of us, oftentimes, we, we really love what we can get from God, but we kind of hold him at a distance when he's asking something from us. I think that's just a truth, and that's a fear that we deal with. See, most people, when we talk about fear, they would say that it's lack of faith. That's how they would define fear, is by a lack of faith. And I would argue, and I would actually say that fear is faith. I really believe that fear is faith. It's just that fear is the faith directed at something maybe not healthy, Okay, fear is really trusting that the worst is going to happen. It's buying into that. It's, it's buying into this nightmare. You know, it's, it's forgetting the promises of God and just trusting that nothing can be done with this. His power is not enough. He's, he's, he's not big enough or, or I don't have the answers. It's, it's just believing that the worst is going to happen. A lot of us live in that what if you know, and this is, this is really where that starts to develop in our lives is this fear, this faith in believing the worst is going to happen. We live in those what ifs, like what if I get sick? What if somebody that I'm close to gets ill? Like real ill, not like, you know, the cold or something, but I mean like ill, what happens? What happens if the business continues on this way? What happens if this relationship doesn't turn around? What happens if I can never have children? What happens if, if my finances never do turn around? What happens if I don't graduate? And we start to live in this nightmare of just believing that the worst is going to happen. It starts to weigh us down. We feel exhausted in life and we're thinking that it could be our diet or, or something different, but really it's just, it's just the weight of that. I mean, that's heavy. That's heavy to carry around. This fear of relationships, this fear of success for some of us, this fear of uncertainty. And the great thing about God's word is that it is so truthful to us. It, it, it not only just is something that we can bring off the shelf when we want to like maybe feel good or we want some insight, but it's really principles that we can live by in everyday life that help us succeed, that, that help us move forward. This is, this is good, good truth that we can have because when it comes to fear, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. We can trust that, that what God's purpose in our spirit, he hasn't given us the spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. And I don't know about you, but when I am the most fearful in life, when I'm going through that nightmare, when I'm mirroring my life to what, it, what I think it should be and, and where it's at now, <laughs> when I'm in that, I am not in sound mind. I'm making irrational decisions. I'm making bad choices. 
You know, I, I get in weird spots sometimes. Like, this is just con- kind of confession time here. This is kind of a small one. But, you know, like, with cell phones nowadays, right? Do you remember, I, I mean, some of you that are like, you know, I guess maybe 30 plus years old in here. Do you remember the days where, like, you actually couldn't call somebody back for like three days kind of thing, like because it was like a dial-up phone or, you know, whatever that is. And now it's like, it's, it's right here, you know, your phone's right there. And so if you're missing a text, you know, people are kind of like, what's going on there? I got to be honest with my wife. My wife does almost everything perfectly, okay? I mean, she is just, she's solid. She's really good at everything she does. I'm serious about that. She's one of those people. But she's late a lot, you know, like, like she, she gets ready and I want to go out the door and I want to be like kind of 15 minutes early and, and, you know, she has three kids that we're all kind of dealing with and stuff like that. So this is kind of like that one thing. And so it's kind of like a, a normal thing. It, but, but yet if, if she's like on her way to pick me up, right, and it's been like 15 minutes later than she said, and I'm texting her and I haven't heard anything, all of a sudden, I just go into like irrational mode. Like, it's not the fact that maybe traffic was bad. She's like, you know, spiraling down one of these hills and ran into, you know, a car next to her. And and oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? Because if my wife is severely hurt, possibly dead, then I gotta raise three kids on my own. I'm gonna have to give up the ministry because I don't even know how to do laundry, this kind of stuff, you know? You just end up in a place when you let fear inside, you, you start to go down this avenue of like, where did, how did I even end up here? It becomes really irrational. And that's why I love God's word, that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. When fear is present in my life, it's very hard for me to have sound mind. And so when it comes to God's plans, all right, when it comes to God's plans, some of us, we are right now, we know that God has been telling us to do something or we, we sense that he's been asking something out of us, maybe to take a step forward in faith, maybe just to, to um, you know, give for the first time, maybe to, maybe to uh, prayer, make prayer a part of our life, maybe to get into his word more. I don't know what it is. But we know that God's been asking something of us and we've allowed fear to overtake our trust in what he's asking us to do. And it's holding us back from where he wants to take us. So when we know that God is good, when we believe that God is a good God, even in the the poorest circumstances, why then, why are we so afraid of God's plans? And I just have two thoughts that I want to share with you that should only take about three, three and a half hours, so the coffee's hot. But The first one is, God's interruptions are often inconvenient. I mean, they just are. Sometimes when God interrupts our life and he's asking us to do something, it's just an inconvenience because we're already this tunnel vision of where we're going to go, how we're going to get there, how much money it's going to take, who needs to be around us for this to happen, right? It's just inconvenient, and we're not the only ones that feel like that. In fact, when we read in Scripture, we, we start to read about Jesus' mother, Mary. And this is kind of the beginning stages of how that all came about. And we see that she dealt with some of the same things. So I just want to read Scripture and we'll, we'll continue to move on. So in Luke 26 through 28, it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So who's Elizabeth and why is she pregnant? Elizabeth is actually Mary's cousin, and she is, in, uh, she is giving birth to who is going to be John the Baptist, who will pave the way for Jesus to come. 
that's who she's pregnant with here, and, and, so, and she's in the sixth month of that. So God, during this time, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, just a, just a tiny little bit here. I've talked about this uh, the last few weeks, but engagement in this time meant something very different. Engagement for us is you give somebody a ring, you wait a year or so, or whatever that might be, six months, however you guys determine that, and, uh, and then you get married. But engagement in this time, it was, really, um, it was really more like being married without the intimacy, you know, you were betrothed. You were, you, were, you were not coming together to consummate the marriage, but you were married. This was a commitment that you were making already. Engagement was a very, very serious thing at that point. So she's engaged to be married. You just got to kind of get this scene. She's engaged to be married, and this angel comes, and he's a polite angel because he says, greetings, favored woman, right? Like, hey, good greeting right there. The Lord is with you. And oftentimes, I think we get this idea that, like, angels are kind of like Cupid or something like that. You know, maybe wearing a, I don't know, necessarily like a diaper with a bow and arrow, but, you know, just kind of like wings. And they're, maybe they're like this, like, overweight guy with some wings and, like, just kind of this holly jolly nice guy. These are warriors for God. These angelic beings. But yet they are so peaceful that, that God can send them on a message to somebody to talk softly and kindly to them. And so you'd be thinking like, you know, Mary is greeted by an angel. I don't know if anybody's ever been greeted by an angel. I sure haven't, but I don't know if I'd just think that that was a normal experience. I'd be like, whoa. You know, and, and so you think, you know, he says, hey, the Lord is with you. It's all good. So her response should just be, amen, tell me what you need, right? But you see her reaction is, it says in Luke 1, uh, 20, uh, 29, it says, confused and dis." disturbed. Mary was confused and disturbed by this experience. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So here she is. All right, at that time, I know this is kind of strange for our culture, but she was probably somewhere between 14 and 16, and she was betrothed to be married. Sometime a little bit after puberty for a woman in that time, they would uh, betroth you, like you'd be, you'd be kind of arranged marriage, if that would be, uh, if you will. And this is where she finds herself. So just kind of put it into context of now, like where Mary's at. Like this was, this was a big deal. She was excited about this. She was excited to be married. But she also came from a family that struggled a lot. You know, and, and so, so she, she's just kind of used to life kind of, kind of hard and having to work hard. And, and I don't know if she would say her life is favored. But here she is now, she's like, man, I have this opportunity. I'm engaged to be married. I can kind of come out of this life. I have a husband who loves me. He's going to work hard for me. We're going to, you know, sky's the limit. Dreams, dreams galore. Like, we're going to blow this popsicle stand, be in love, and build a family, and it's just going to be awesome. And that was her plan. But now this angel comes in, and and he interrupts what's happening He interrupts, and she's confused, and she's disturbed by it. And a lot of us get in that spot. That's where the nightmare comes in, is that we're kind of cruising along in life. We're doing things the way that we think we should. Maybe things are going well. It's not always that things are going bad. That's not really life. Sometimes you're soaring in life, 
and things are great. Sometimes you're running to just try to catch up. But more times than not, you're in a season of just walking. You're just going through life. You're on one foot in front of the other. And this is where she finds herself. And this is where we find ourselves. But then all of a sudden, God interrupts your plans. Interrupts your plans. Just like he interrupted Mary. Mary was ready to be engaged, but he says, I have something different for you. And oftentimes when we look at interruptions, we look at them as inconvenience. But I want to try to change our mind on that and say that interruptions are often opportunities for something better. Interruptions, godly interruptions in our life are often opportunities for something better. If you look at Moses in the, in the Bible, right, like he kind of had this interruption by a burning bush, which is just totally insane. But God interrupted his life, what he was doing, and said, I'm going to give you this opportunity to lead my people out of slavery. He does that again. He does it with Jonah. It, it shows up in a, in a fish. You know, Jonah falls off a boat, and I don't know what he was planning on doing, running away. He interrupts his plans with a giant fish, and he says, hey, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about repentance to a great deal of people who need to hear about this. I got something better for you. I don't want you on the run. I don't want you running away from me. I got something better for you. I'm giving you an opportunity. There was a man named Saul at the time that actually persecuted the church. Like his goal was to tear down the church. Anybody who believed, he wanted to rip that belief away from you. He did not want you to put your life and give your trust to Jesus. He came against that. And Jesus interrupts his plans in a light on a trail to a city and says, I have something for you. You're going to stop doing this and you're going to move on. You're going to be an author into the New Testament. You're going to talk to churches. You're going to bring the gospel, the good news, to places in the world that's never seen like Rome. And you're going to do great things. I'm giving you an opportunity. And so oftentimes when we see God's interruptions as inconvenience, it, we, we kind of get where Mary is. And that's a normal thing. We're kind of confused and like, why are you asking this of me? Things just started to get good. Why are you taking me away from it? I'm just, this is disturbing and I'm confused. Mary found herself there. It's easy to just kind of roll over the story and not see this. This is how the angel responds to her. I love this in Luke 1.30. He says, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. In other words, what the angel is saying right there is, Mary, I, I get it. This feels like a nightmare. I, I get it. You have your whole entire life planned out. You've, you've met your husband. You're engaged to him. Like, it, it's going good. I get that this is a nightmare for you right now. But what you need to know, the truth in this, is that this interruption is an opportunity, and you have found favor with the Lord that you just won't understand right now but there's something more for you. This interruption's actually a great opportunity for you. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Man, I don't know about you, but isn't it nice to know that you have favor with God? 
See, no matter where you're at, I know that there's some of us in here that we really just, you know, Christmas time is, is a thing where, you know, we just kind of get invited out. And we're, just, we're not really even sure what we believe or this whole Jesus thing. Let me just tell you something. You, you are welcome here. We're so glad that you're here. Our prayer is just that you would continue to come back, that you would give us another opportunity so that we can talk about Jesus to you. There's no pressure that we can, we can say to you. There's, there's nothing. We want you to be comfortable. We want you to have a nice cup of coffee, meet some nice people that want to care for you. You are in the right place today. But this is what you need to know, and this is what we all need to know, is that we have favor with God, no matter even where our belief is. See, God loves us right where we are. Scripture says that when we were enemies, when we were at our worst, when we were at our worst, that God died on a cross for our sins. He sent Jesus to die for us. Like, as enemies, he loved us so much he did that. So, so God loves you right where you are. Right now, mess and all, sin and all, shame and all, guilt and all, wherever you're at, joyful, whatever it is. But he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. He's given you favor, and he wants to move you forward in life, and that is good news. Because I don't know about a lot of people out there that want that for my life personally. I so desperately need to know that truth of Jesus. What we find, uh, another thought here, the, the, the second thought is that God's promises are often different than our plans, right? God's promises are often different than your plans, right? So they're, they're inconvenienced, they're different. I know it just sounds like an awesome day at church here this morning. Well, great message, Josh. I'm like so encouraged right now, right? But this is true, is that God's promises are often different than your plans. See, or I'm, I'm sorry, his purposes. And, and so this is what the angel continues on. He says, listen, I know that you're confused. I, I know that you're scared, but I know that this feels like a nightmare, but don't be afraid. You found favor. And I'm gonna give you a little insight into what God's gonna do, because I know, Mary, you're living in this what if right now. And that's what's scary to you. But this is what God's gonna do. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And you just got to imagine what Mary's thinking. I mean, okay, I'm going to give birth to a son. I'm a virgin. I mean, like, that's wild right there, right? Uh, his name's gonna be Jesus, right? I mean, like, I already have a name. Like, you're giving me a name. I don't even get to, like, pick out a name or anything. Like, this is crazy, right? Um, he's gonna be the son of the very most high. Are you kidding me? He's gonna be very great. He's gonna have, he's gonna reign forever. His kingdom will never end. This is overwhelming, you got to imagine that, that Mary's kind of, just think of like the, the teenage emotion there, right? Of like, oh man, I'm going to have a son. Oh, but wait a minute. This is going to, this is actually grounds for death in our law. Because if I'm engaged and I have a son, my husband doesn't believe that I haven't been with another man, then he has the right to stone me. Like that's our law. Nobody's even going to question it. I could die here. Like, oh, but man. He's, wow, I, like I have favor with God. You know, just this, just this back and forth, but, but what do people think of me? Oh man, he's gonna be the son of the most high. 
But what does that mean for my life? Just these emotions back and forth. And this is where we find ourselves. When, when God's purposes often are different than our plans, we start to kind of go on that wave and we go back and forth, right? Like, oh, well, I think this could be great. Yeah, but God, I mean, do you really know my rent's due at the end of the month? I know that you're telling me, I know that you're telling me to give to my neighbor, but I got things going on. Like, you're aware of that, right? And we know that God's asking us to do something. Lord, I, I know that you're asking me to put my faith in you, but I'm just saying, like, my own mom and dad, like, I couldn't even trust them. How, how can I really trust you? Do you get that? And we go back and forth. I know that you're good, God. I know that your word says you're good. I've experienced that you're good, but, but now I'm in this illness, and, and it doesn't feel good. Are you strong enough? Are you powerful enough? We start to ask those questions. We start to assume that maybe we have it more figured out than God does. Truth here this morning is nothing's ever occurred to God. You, you really cannot bring insight to God. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. But Mary goes into the same thing that we do right here in Luke 1.34. She said, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. How can this happen? Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to conceive a son. Okay, cool. Like, I, I don't understand what you're saying because, like, I mean, I didn't go to the greatest school, but I kind of know how this works, and, like, there's something missing there, right? She finds herself in the same spot that we do oftentimes when we're caught in that nightmare, Right, is that, that we have faith, we just have faith in the wrong things. We have faith in our own understanding. We have faith in our own possibilities. We have faith in our own power and, and, and how things can come about. She finds herself there and she asks those questions. Not that the question was wrong, but how can this be? How's this gonna happen? I'm a virgin. And I love it. The, the angel just says, he doesn't say, well, I see how you get there. I see how you can understand that. He just goes right to the point. Kind of the aha moment. And he says to her, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby, excuse me, to be born will be holy, set apart. And he will be called the Son of God. Here it is. For nothing, nothing means nothing, is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. See, Mary, what you don't know about right now, what, what, you're, what you're missing, is that if you put your faith in God, when you put your faith in God, he is all powerful. He's the most high. The Holy Spirit is beyond all of your understanding and nothing, not even a virgin giving birth to a son is impossible with God. So you, you, you have a big hitter on your team. As you're, as you're, Hearing this from God, you don't have to step out in fear, in obedience. You can step out in faith in that obedience and know that you have the most high on your side. That you have the power of the one and only God with you as you walk through this. See, because Mary, you can't make this happen but the Holy Spirit can. 
and the power of God, anything's impossible. In your own strength, the reason that you're tired, the reason that you're exhausted, the reason that you can't figure it out is because you're looking, you're looking to everything around you, your own understanding, your own experience, how you've gone through things in the past. And it just keeps piling up and weighing down. You're putting things into the only what you can see. But you have to know that you have God's power with you. It's not in your experience what you can do. It's what he has done and what he wants to do through you. And it's going to be a miracle. Some of us need to know that miracles are real. God wants to take our obedience and do something amazing with it. Oftentimes I just think about, you know, there's there's so many things I could go into on this one. But I just think about, you know, there was a time in my life where I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do the single thing. Relationships are rough. I'm not good at them. I don't, I'm not really, like, great to people. I'm, I'm kind of a selfish guy. I mean, not anymore. But, I mean, this is, like, kind of where I was. And, and I just think about, you know, when I met my wife, like, just think of the possibilities if I would have just not surrendered that and known. I mean, she was a gift to me. My life has never been the same because of what God did through that relationship. I actually got to know who God is just by getting outside of myself and caring for someone else. But what if I just chose to stay in that bitterness? What if I just chose to stay in that selfishness? Well, I can think of three things that would have happened that would be devastating. It's Riley, Josh, and Ruthie, my kids. And I guess you could throw our chickens, our cat, and our dog in there too. That might not have happened. But I mean, we just never know what God has planned. If I would have done that in my own power, I I didn't see a way. But when we let go and we trust God, he takes us to a place that we never thought we'd be. And the thing is, we think that this was so easy for Mary, but we see that she was confused. This was inconvenient. It was interrupting her plans. And what the angel was trying to teach her was what God's word's trying to teach us this morning. It's trust. Trust. Trust what I have planned for you. Trust what I'm asking you to do. Trust what I'm asking you to believe. In other words, God's saying, listen, I will walk out of 100 miles, I will walk 99. But for the sake of you and where your heart needs to be, because I love you so much, I have to stand at that 99 mile and I have to just kind of knock at that door. But that one mile that you turn around are really more like that one step. If you would just open that door, I am going to come in. I am going to overwhelm you with friendship, provision. I am going to be there for you. I want to be there for you. But this has to be a relationship where you want me too. That part you have to decide. Mary had to decide that day. My question to you this week to be thinking about You can write this down, put it in your iPhones. Whatever you need to do is simple, but difficult. What is God asking you to do or believe? What is God asking you to do or believe? And there's a follow-up question that only you can answer. No message is going to help you. No angel coming down. This is, even Mary had a decision that she had to make. 
the angel saying, you got to believe this, and what are you going to do in it? And the question is, what is God asking you to do or believe? And the next question is, what's your response going to be? What's your response to that? That's not always easy just to blurt that one out. There's actually a question that God has put on my heart back in like August. I'll be honest with you, it's not faith, it's probably a little bit of fear, it's a little bit of uncertainty, but I've yet to answer them. I keep dodging it all the time, like I'm going to get away from that one, right? So you're not the only one that's been there. You're not alone. We're in this together. But the questions are, what is God asking you to do or believe? Tom, you want to come up here for a minute? Just jam that come to the altar. I didn't tell him I was going to do that, so that's great that he's just going to pump up here. And the second question is, what is your response going to be? I really pray that that challenges you. Because when you ask yourself that question, you really have to say, who is God to me then? I mean, if I'm going to do something that he's asking me to be, who is, who is he in my life? And if I'm going to choose to respond, what does that look like? I'll tell you what, when you are faced with who is God, that is, when you, when you answer that, that is like the biggest gift. That's what Christmas is. Like, who is this baby that's coming to earth? Who is that? Who is he to you? Is he your savior? Messiah. Is he all powerful? Is he the one that sits on the throne of your life? Are you willing to surrender to him? Because he has something so special for you. If you guys want to, you can stand with me here this morning. You certainly don't have to. And I really didn't plan this out. And hey, I want to say to anybody who is at church maybe for the first time, I get the fact that once in a while we do some things that seem weird. Like what's happening, right? I just got to be honest with you. Like God is worth celebrating. God is worth putting our trust in. God is worth worshiping. And I didn't plan this this morning, but I just want to continue to worship him. I want to worship him with you. So Tom's going to jam, come to the altar, and I want us to really come to the altar of God and just say, what are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to believe? And I just pray with our voices and a mighty shout to him today as we sing this song together that that would be our response. So that we recognize, like Mary, like, what am I going to do? I'm a virgin. How can this even happen? That we let that go and we realize that the outcome is God's responsibility. Give it to him. That is a miracle in itself. Take that weight off of you and give it where it belongs. It's God's responsibility. He's calling you to it. It's his responsibility. Give it to him. And it's our responsibility to obey. I want to see what it's like to be a, a group of believers, a church that steps into our relationships, our marriage, our local church, and our communities as people committed to obey God. Merry Christmas. I just want to give it to God, amen? I know you guys are ready for that too. God's going to do something special this morning. Let him do it. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. 
If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.